Hello and welcome everybody to Simply Technical. Evan here again, joined with Keaton. <laughs> um, back at it again with uh, episode number 19. Um, just recorded last week with Jaron and that was a pretty interesting topic. I didn't speak a lot, which is great because then I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually, it seems like it's one of the more popular popular ones we've had on the decline of Christianity. I guess that's part two. Our original decline in Christianity was back in 2020, 2019, yeah. maybe. Uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I like to do little tangents like that. Um, you know, it's not necessarily scientific, uh, which is what we kind of like to, you know, stick on, but it's good to branch out a little bit and uh, get new topics in. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for all the support, especially on shorts. And thank you for watching our videos, even, you know, the long form stuff. Much appreciated. Uh, we're at like 150 subscribers now or something close to that. Yeah, um, yeah. We're not numbers people. Well, I'm a numbers guy, I guess. I'm a numbers guy now. Okay, I wasn't yeah. before. <laughs> but the numbers, it's just about having fun and discussing yeah. Uh, and learning new things. So um, today we are going to talk about there's a new bill that got introduced, AOC and another political figure. Um, Gates. Gates. I don't remember his first name. Gates? Matt Gates. Matt Gates are, I guess, co-sponsoring or proposing a bill to limit senators or at least government officials from trading in the stock market. Um, it's kind of been a hot topic, at least on Facebook, um, with some of my more conservative friends talking about how they need turn limits and they also need to not be able to, you know, trade in stock because they're on a bunch of these councils where they get to discuss things, different business ideas are proposed, you know, denying, you know, quote unquote monopolies. There might already be a monopoly, but, um, denying monopolies or trying to break up companies, um, so they have kind of insider trading, which if you work at a company, highly illegal. Yeah. Um, if you work at a company and you know, oh, we're about to release this new patent or the, you know, the quarterly earnings are going to be bad and you sell or buy, you know, you can be convicted, I guess, or charged with um, insider training, which, you know, obviously that's manipulating the stock market to your benefit. Um, it's not true luck. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on a bill like that? I mean, I totally support it. I, I, I completely agree. Like politicians can influence too many things. So it is like insider trading. I do think it's a little bit over-exaggerated sometimes, particularly on the insider trading part, because I think while it makes sense why you have the laws, I also think uh, insider trading in some instances isn't, is is it necessarily like I don't understand why it's such a huge huge deal uh, outside of pol uh, politics like maybe you work at a company and you know something is going really well you can't well you can't buy stock like because <laughs> that's insider trading like that seems a little ridiculous to me uh, and it seems like it's a it's sometimes the law is used as a, a, a weapon in some ways like what what was the the bake baker lady's name, the famous one that got in trouble for insider trade. She like got 
put in prison. For oh, Martha training. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, like like put in prison for insider trading is kind of ridiculous, especially in something that's not like egregious. But on the politician side, I completely see why you would do that because, uh, like you said, they can influence so many aspects of the economy. They can also be corrupted by business to uh, you know benefit their own stock stock portfolio. And business can get in cahoots with them to, you know, give them bills that, uh, you know, help both out because of the stock. And uh, they also serve massive government contracts. So double uh, whammy if if you if you have decided you're going to give a $10 billion contract to, say, Microsoft and you invest in Microsoft uh, before the announcement, well, that's that seems pretty, pretty sketchy to me. So, yeah, I think insider trading for politicians, very bad. Insider trading in general, bad, sometimes abused uh, in society a little bit. Yeah, so the bill talks about members of Congress, including their dependents, must be prohibited from trading in stocks while they're serving in Congress and have access to sensitive and inside information. Um, Let's see. It was once dubbed... So it's been proposed several times, a similar bill. Um, It was dubbed the Pelosi Act in one of them. And recently it's been called Restoring Faith in Government Act. Um, So make sure you read up on that. It's it's got several, let's see. It's got Brian Fitzpatrick, Alexandria Osea-Cortez, or Ocasio. Ocasio, excuse me. Matt Gates and Raja. Uh, he's a Democrat from Illinois. <laughs> Sorry, a bunch of names that I can't pronounce, and I've butchered one of them already. So, um, but yeah, so there's four. The big one, obviously, being AOC and Matt Gates. Um, let's see. But it's interesting because it's bipartisan. I think you don't usually get that. Uh, but it's also bipartisanly opposed by the others. The others because. They don't want to uh, lose their lose their massive sword. Yeah, so Pelosi, I guess, has constantly or consistently opposed uh, bills like this, <laughs> um, which we'll get into her in a little bit. Um, so yeah, you have insider trading. You know, it might not be egregious. I have noticed that, like Pelosi, I've followed a little bit of her. I mean, they have Twitter accounts that. When she makes a trade, they tweet out like her trades because um, they do have to be transparent about their trades. Yeah, um, it can't be private information. Um, but there's, I've noticed that hers aren't like necessarily defense. Like, yeah. The, go ahead. No, keep going. Keep going. Okay. The uh, like they're not necessarily like defense contractors. Like it's not like it's Boeing or, or Northrop Grumman or uh, Lockheed Martin. There might be some of those, but I don't. I don't see those at least in the big traders. Um, maybe those are too volatile for them. But um, it's it's interesting. But I mean, a lot of these congressmen and women are like grossly rich, like grossly wealthy, and like a lot of them are even like I would. I, is Nancy Pelosi in the top one percent? Um, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's not very hard to be top one percent of 
of uh, wealth, <laughs> uh, especially do for it. any politician. Um, yeah. So she makes uh, congressmen and women uh, alike make $174,000 a year. Her net worth is over $14 million. Um, so I'm sure a lot of them, and it's not just the um, liberal side of things. I mean, Dan Crenshaw, I think, is one of them. He, like, is another big Republican traitor um, that's kind of come under fire a little bit for it. Because mm-hmm. I think he's on several committees. Yeah, but I, well, I do think the net worth thing is ridiculous. but And also that a lot of Pelosi, Pelosi has been one of the sketchier ones. I also don't think net worth is all that really matters because I think a lot of politicians are extremely rich before they get into office because I mean, how else, how else do people get so much power? Uh, you typically, you do it through wealth. And then Nancy Pelosi's husband is a hedge fund manager. So naturally he's going to be quite wealthy, but that seems like a dangerous uh, uh, husband wife duo <laughs> where Things can, re- I mean, that's that's definitely a major conflict of interest. So I think that's why she's been one of the ones that's the most under fire. Uh, and also, I, I feel like they're old now and they don't care. It's just kind of like, well, let's just make more money while we can. <laughs> they're a lot more. Gu- I'd say she's probably a lot more gutsy about her trades now. Yeah. Or at least, I she's not making the trades. I think she she either pays her husband or her husband's firm, or uh, a specific. Yeah, I'm sure her career. husband is managing the. Uh, you know, or his company, funds. I'm sure. Yeah, his. Um, which it is interesting that the younger, the younger group that is proposing this bill, or the people that are proposing this mm-hmm. bill, are much younger or are sponsoring it. I guess. Um, like AOC is what less than thirty. Yeah, yeah, she's. Well, I don't know if she's less than thirty, but uh, she's young. She's, on, young, she's on the younger yeah. side compared to. Like Pelosi, who's in her eighties, um, so uh, you would Pelosi's think that they have 80s. the most to gain. You would think that the older politicians on the way out <laughs> would be like, "Hey, let's do this. <laughs> let's let's introduce term limits and let's introduce." Um, but they also don't have anyone to make happy. They they don't really care if they get fired. I mean, yeah, it's, they've it's, done their uh, job. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that mindset. Is like, well, why why do you need millions more when you're eighty years old? Doesn't make any sense. But it is interesting that the younger people are the ones who they have the most to gain from it. Like it's a yeah, it's a little bit admirable, I guess, uh, for a young person to reject the easy path to path to wealth. In I mean, I guess every government person is supposed to be like a public servant, so it's it is kind of in service to the service to the people to do that. But I also wonder sometimes if it's uh, you know just for for clout because they know it's not going to get passed. So like, let's look good and nice. And then Pat uh, proposed this bill and maybe in the future, it's obviously not going to get passed, but we can always fall back on this in the pat in, in the future, you know, when we're insider trading and we did this in the past. So how could anyone blame us or, or uh, say that we, that we are insider trading when we originally proposed this bill? Yeah. Um, but I will say there there are some downsides also. I mean, not to us as as people, but legitimately to like politicians' families. Uh, um, 
like if you do ban stock trading naturally you have to ban trading for like family because i if i'm a politician i could just go tell my brother uh that you know you need to buy the stock and then they'll give me some money like that's generally uh how things work i think I mean, I, obviously, Biden's come under a lot of heat for similar similar activities with his son. Uh, uh, so, yeah, and and it, when that extends to the family, how far does it go? Like, if my uncle is a politician and I'm not really that close to him, does that mean I can't trade individual stocks? Like, that would be that would really suck. <laughs> um, so, I do think there's some drawbacks and and. Uh, I guess I guess the only way to really be successful with that is to just ban it for the immediate family, like just the husband and wife, and hope that they don't, you know, cheat with their family. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of like shooting something with a shotgun. Like you know, you get such a widespread, um, you have to do all of that to to cover it. Yeah. That, at what point does it become effective and at what point does it become ineffective? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, if I'm a politician, what stops me from telling a friend, like a true friend, hey, this is what's going on. I need you to trade this for me. Okay, well, you get to keep X amount and I get the rest, you know? Yeah. Like, there's some... And those people aren't going to get in, like the politicians are not going to get in trouble. They're not even getting in trouble now for it. Yeah. So like, why would their friend get in trouble for it? Um, or even like their taxes, like it's yeah, very also, easily under the Also, table. like, what if you just want to be a bro and you don't even want to make money from it? You just say, hey, this is about to happen. Like, <laughs> buy as much meta <laughs> as you can yeah. right now, which apparently Dan Crenshaw's. Uh, back in March, his meta investment jumped fifty-one percent. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I always wonder how often we have this like outrage at politicians' extreme trades uh, are actually just you know either luck or logic. If there is not a direct act action from government following a trade, then I have a really hard time uh, being you know. Uh, upset about it like if some if someone makes a really great trade like and they're a politician well that's cool as long as there's not a you know a sketchy reason for it and i will say there was one that everyone talked about they blew up was the was all the politicians who shorted the market around COVID time uh and they were saying like well all the people on twitter were like oh well no one knew that that this was going to happen. No, yeah, people who paid attention knew. We knew. I, we said it on our podcast. The yeah. Short the market. <laughs> uh, it's going to be bad. And those people shorted the market on the same day we were saying that. So this was public knowledge. It just wasn't widely distributed public knowledge. So it looked really bad. Uh, and, you know, these were people who were getting coronavirus briefings. But coronavirus briefings are, are you know, what we're seeing. <laughs> Blatantly... If you're paying any any level of, ten, of, of attention at the time, then you are obviously seeing the market was going to crash uh, when it when it realized this. And so there are some outraged or people getting outraged that I wonder if there's always an explanation like that. Like when I feel mad about some politicians trade, I wonder if I dug a little bit deeper. Is it is it actually pretty innocent or like 
pretty freaking obvious to make this trade. <laughs> and I think that that might be happening more often than we know. Yeah, well, I, I smiled about that because he bought it like right before they discussed banning TikTok. So, ah, meta. Uh, yeah. so like that could have been something, but also it could have, I, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, but it could have been like, Hey, they might ban TikTok. You know, that's Trump even discussed that a while ago and, you know, maybe he bought it, you know, not too, you know, maybe in January and then TikTok was getting discussed, getting banned in yeah. March. So, well, that's that's fair. That's fair, but but I don't think Meta's rise has just solely been because of uh, TikTok. It was oversold majorly after the uh, after the uh, Meta's failure with the Meta Labs thing, where they were trying to do all push all the VR stuff. Uh, so it was majorly oversold. And I, and I remember like listening to podcasts where investors were like, "Guys, this is ridiculous. Why is Meta this cheap? Like, we should probably be buying it up." And Turns out they're right. I mean, it's a hundred. It's it's fifty one percent rise since that TikTok thing, but it's a hundred percent over the last year. So so uh, I don't know if that TikTok thing is the only reason, but that does seem a little bit sketchy. And while while we're on the Meta thing, I have to say, Mark Zuckerberg is actually the coolest billionaire. Have you seen this stuff recently from him, <laughs> where he's like, where he's like a, a winning Brazilian jiu jitsu matches and like running lot doing long distance running and you remember the like surfing thing where he had the american flag like they're just doing cool stuff while he's running the biggest comp one of the biggest companies in the world so that's my mini aside well i need to watch uh the social network i haven't watched that yet so i've heard that's pretty <laughs> it's um, good it's okay i think they uh, uh it's, uh, isn't it it's somebody put it as like the top 50 movie or something like of all time yeah it's ridiculous it's yeah. it's, it's good it's fun to watch uh, what has Andrew Garfield in it? So that's a big sell. Um, yeah, but it seems like, so I, I follow, or I started, there's this thing called autopilot. Um, it's an app where it uses your regular investment accounts. Like you log into it through your regular investment account, like a Robin hood or, uh, what is it? E-trade, um, uh, mm -hmm. like you can fidelity. Yeah. You can log in through your normal, like very popular apps and, it will follow politicians' trades. Now you gotta you gotta pay ten dollars a month for it, but um, it'll follow their trades. So it'll buy and sell as they do because it has to be public information. And I think over the year, like year to date, for Nancy Pelosi was like forty five percent up. Um, Crenshaw was like thirty five percent or thirty two percent up. Um, Warren Buffett was only like fifteen or twenty percent up. Uh, but that's it's like the all these way, though. what was that that's the warren buffett way though the steady he doesn't lose money he just steadily steadily gains yeah so like it's a pretty cool app um it also kind of eases my mind a little bit when i first started trading like in college i didn't have a bunch of money but i was like you know i'll get into this robin hood thing it's free like that's cool and it was like when robin hood first came robin hood first came out but i remember like being so like stressed like I would just sit in class and watch the stocks yeah. and I'd go down and I'm like, Oh, I just lost money. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would make a stupid decision like sell. And then I'd end up losing my, like, and I'd always been told of like, Oh, you can't make this bad decision or uh, emotional decisions when it comes to stock market. And that's very true. But I like, 
I don't know. I yeah, was you know, crazy watching it. You know, I I've completely uh, my philosophy on trading is just buying uh, S and P five hundred index funds, so I don't and just holding that, so I don't have all this stress about about individual stocks. Uh, I I I think it actually takes an insane amount of time for such a little potential return and potentially harm to dig into to have enough knowledge to like properly invest in individual companies. And, you know, back in 2020, after, after I felt like a genius, like we, we called the downturn in the market and then we bought the bottom, we bought the bottom and 2020 like skyrocketed. And back, that was when I first started investing and I bought all these companies. No, that was just, I mean, in the end it was just pure luck. And all that money I made was lost because I had an over exuberance and thought I was like genius and was perfect at stock picking, but turns out I wasn't. And the only things that, that I continue to, or have kept making money in is the S and P 500 uh, index fund. So it's been nice for me to like get away from always trying to research, uh, research companies. I feel like if you want to get rich, the, the best way is to just start a business or slowly compound your own uh, money through an index fund, low risk, low cost index fund. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, this autopilot thing is pretty cool. Like I said, it's only $10 a month. Yeah. Um, now, granted, if you lose money or you don't make $10, you know, in your stocks and, you know, it's money down the drain, but it's nice <laughs> to like, not have to like worry or like do research. I just, just follow just does it. it just, I just look at it every once in a while, like once a week or something. I'm like, Oh, I'm up or I'm not up as much, but it, maybe I should ha have to, maybe I'll set up a second portfolio and, and follow that. And then also keep my, what's like a thousand dollars or something. And then keep my uh, regular S P 500 index fund and see who wins in five years well well you heard it here first folks it's gonna be autopilot <laughs> um now granted if this bill passes which we kind of think it's not going to then yeah. um if it does pass then this app is useless but because <laughs> uh, they can't follow anybody yeah they can't do anything uh, it, then it will just switch to you know following like big names like yeah. oh we're gonna look at warren buffett's trades we're gonna look at yeah, uh, but also Warren Buffett just buys companies, so <laughs> it's not really a trader. Uh, yeah, um, we should have had Matt on for this episode, but no, we, we also didn't. We didn't decide until uh, forty-five minutes ago that we were going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, Well, and you said follow big names, but like, it, I mean, there's AI stuff, and which we'll get into a little bit. Um, there's like AI. So like AI is going to be able to make decisions for you on your stock. Who knows mm -hmm. when that app will come out. Um, <laughs> That's true. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about Nancy Pelosi. I don't know if we hit, hit the horse enough, the dead horse enough. Um, let's see. So yeah, her big one, like according to this article is, was when she placed a $10 million investment in Microsoft um, and since then it's gained 33%. Um, so she, every year she earns a 0.9% dividend. 
which is $118,000 per year alone. No. Which is almost as much as her entire salary. Um, go ahead. Do you have any thoughts on specifically Nancy Pelosi on, on this? On Microsoft? No, I, I, well, I don't think, uh, how do I say this? I don't know enough about it to know for sure, but I, I assume the article sort of like leans to the fact that Microsoft has blown up because of the AI stuff, but this wasn't known uh, a few years ago. This is a recent development. Uh, and I don't think Nancy Pelosi has had inside information. But what I do believe, and I haven't really looked a lot into this, was that Nancy Pelosi's uh, investment was around the time of the big government contract that uh, uh, the Pentagon ha- made with Microsoft to, for their cloud service provider. I don't know if those are perfectly aligned like if it, if that was if her investment was before that deal or not um if so then that seems a lot more sketchy than the sort of insu- insinuation that microsoft or that she had insider information on open ai being bought by microsoft oh this says that it wasn't necessarily her but her husband um let's see in april April of 2021. Oh yeah, here it is. April 2020. Yeah, 2021. Nancy Pelosi's husband buys Microsoft ahead of big government contract. So that is is where you have it. But also, you know, I don't know how much this government contract was for. Oh oh, 22 billion dollars. That's that's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's that seems a little sketchy but i i do think uh a lot of open ai's massive gain or a lot of microsoft's massive gain has been really recent because of the open ai purchase and all these i mean also their ceo is just fantastic he's probably he's got to be a ceo right now uh for for a major company made all the right decisions over the last over the last few years and now what what originally google kind of in a way you could say google kind of destroyed microsoft not really microsoft still is one of the biggest companies in the world and then the but i think google pushed for that for microsoft to be broken up back back in um I think it's the nineties, Microsoft was considered a, a monopoly and was broken up or it was made as the early two thousands. And that really negatively impacted the, the company for a while. And now Microsoft has come full circle and is, is, has purchased open AI, which is like the best, the biggest competitor for Google, for Google ever and completely threatens their entire business model. So yeah, Satya Nadella has been pretty phenomenal over the last few years. Yeah, the, well, let's get into AI, I guess, since we're, we're kind of going down that rabbit hole. Um, one of the big things about stocks is being able to see trends and using past market data to trade. Now, granted, it's not going to be 100% accurate, 
you can see trends um, from, you know, pre-recession, you know, okay, this is what entails a recession. We should make, you know, certain trades in regards to that. And so AI can look at this data specifically across all the years and make a decision based on it, um, a non-emotional decision. So do you think AI will take the luck out of the market? Uh, I mean... A lot of the luck. Maybe not all of it. I think because obviously lot, there will always be luck. A lot of the market is sort of already driven by a form of AI via algorithms. And I don't know. I don't know how much the new models are going to affect. Like these are language models. I don't know how much they're going to affect uh, current current trends. Uh, I think it'll probably make it a little bit more efficient, but but not completely. But if you if you look at the past, let me double check this. Uh, I want to see his numbers. Uh, but Jim Simons, who was a, a is a major hedge fund manager, and he was he was a mathematician, PhD mathematician, and he kind of like just. I think he kind of just decided to uh, make some money with his own hedge fund. And he has the best returns out of anyone in all of history. And I think it's because he had this like uh, computational and mathematical background where they sort of derived algorithms that would perfectly trade the stock market. So like to get in his, his medallion fund, which is the major, uh, 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 fund that fund that their their company. So so his annualized uh, fee return or uh, return free rate has been thirty nine percent over over the last decade. It's like astronomical, astronomical. Uh, but he keeps the fund size really small because the more money you have, the more difficult it is to trade because you you make the market move, and so you don't want to be a market mover if you want to make high returns. At least that's my impression. I'm definitely not a big finance guy, but, but he sort of ushered in this era of computational finance and algorithmic trading. And now we're evolving to this AI complete AI system trading. I don't know how well it's going to do. Uh, it's particularly with the large language models, like I said, but it'll be interesting. Like you said, it's a, uh, they, they have all the history they have so they should be able to pattern pattern recognize better than any of us can which um these models have already those type of models have been in for the last i mean for a while now um whether or not they can get a lot better i don't know because the future is always changing so just being able to predict the future on based on past trends generally is not the the most efficient way to make the most amount of money well I mean, that probably goes into it a little bit of mm -hmm. if if enough people are using a specific AI or a prediction made by AI, <laughs> people will be able to, you know, reverse the other way. Um, or yeah, I guess if everyone will be investing <laughs> in that way and it'll move the market that way. Yeah. Um, and so you'll be able to predict it a lot better if everyone is following the AI model, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that makes I mean that makes some sense. If everyone's following following a model though, and we're all trading that that uh, the AI says, oh, this this is a great stock. Well, that's gonna get priced in really quick. That's that's how I mean that's how markets work. It's already it becomes quickly priced in. Uh, 
alpha, I guess is I think what the finance finance people call it. Like, oh, your your little bit of alpha extra knowledge that you have on on a stock is competed out really quick once the rest of the world finds it. And if all these AI algorithms, AIs are sort of trained on the same data set, I feel like they're going to kind of uh, coalesce on, on, yeah, on, on certain stocks, which will quickly get priced out. Um, well, it also is going to usher in a new way of, uh, of cheating the system like Robinhood does. So for those that don't know, Robinhood's a free trading app. I talked about a little bit earlier back in what, during COVID, I guess it was, or right after COVID, they, it's always been known that they take, they'll buy a stock for slightly less than what you buy it at through their app. And that's how they make money. Another way they make money is they see your limits and stops on stocks. And then they sell that to other hedge funds or other companies. And then, so they make money off selling the information. And then those hedge funds make money on, predicting what you're going to do or what the market's going to do based on how many users are on Robinhood. Um, And then during COVID, they become super controversial being they stopped people from making certain trades because it was hurting their hedge fund clients. And so you weren't able to buy Dogecoin or other other types of GameStop uh, currency, GameStop, AMC. They had like, you could not purchase them on there. They're like, oh, this stock is currently frozen right now. And it's just because like their buddies were all shorting AMC and GameStop or certain stocks. And the Redditors all got together and said, we're going to make these hedge funds lose money. And so they all just started buying the stock, causing the price to go up. And they started, the shorts started losing money. And so Robinhood put a stop to it. So kind of a little bit of a scummy. Yeah. So scummy I definitely thing. think Robinhood's model is scummy, but I think a lot of the, the GameStop stuff got lost in translation Robinhood doesn't actually have all the money in there that it says you have. It's like a bank. Uh, you know, they're investing in and in playing with the money that the money that you have deposited is typically tied up in other investments. And so GameStop, because they were law, they they were so low on float or money, they were unable to purchase more stock, like legitimately. So they had to shut down trading of of these these meme stocks otherwise their entire business model was going to collapse because there'd be a bank run and so when everyone pulls their money out the 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 company's done it's basically what we're seeing right now with the banks so it was a very fragile business and it was actually very i mean they did what they had to do because but I, i i think when you think about it like like even if they were selling to me like it's them selling selling the or you know, bailing out their buddies on the shorts doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they're bailing out their buddies, but completely losing their, their, uh, own business model. Like their PR is just shattered that, that ruined them. They're not, no one talks about Robin hood anymore, really. Uh, but they, they, they were definitely doing the, the high, high frequency trading selling where, where you said they were, they're selling your data constantly to, um, what's his name? Ken Griffin's Ken Griffin Citadel. And there's, you know, you make a trade and they're sending that information to their computational quantitative finance uh, computers that are making, that are front running those trades. So they are buying it at a cheaper price than you are. And when a lot of people are buying a certain stock, well, the computer knows. And so it buys it before and the price is boosted and then the computer sells. So they're constantly having these rapid 
iteration trades, these high frequency trades that, yeah, it's pretty scummy for them to be selling. That's like their major business model. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, it's not like a fraction of a second, you know, it's not like, it's not like they're, I guess they're not really delaying your purchase. Cause I guess on Robinhood, do you actually own the stock or you just no, own? Okay. I don't think you do. I, well, I, that's tough. I'd have to look that up. I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it all started, you know, Robin Hood is supposed to be stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> That's supposed to be a for the people kind of app. And I mean, obviously you want them to make money. They need to, I say you want, they need to make money for them to be able to run. But for, for them to have their buddies or Citadel, I guess you would say the, is it a hedge fund? Is Citadel a hedge fund? Um, yeah, yeah, Citadel's a hedge fund. So for them to help their buddies or help their that hedge fund with um, purchasing stock and making money off of you, which it all goes back to you're either <laughs> you either pay for something or you're the product. So yeah, nothing's you know, like, free. <laughs> like Facebook, Facebook, you know, they sell your information to advertisers. Um, so they're you know they're selling your information as well. Yeah, it's real. I mean, the best business model is is a free business model to because you've already you figured out how to monetize data, and most of us don't really care if our data is monetized. I mean, we we say we do, but we don't we don't actually act like it. We don't typically get off the apps. I talk about how China is taking my data on TikTok all the time, and I still get on the app. So obviously, you know what I say and what I do are two different things. So I don't know if I really care that much as i say i do so it's a weird weird thing i think everyone kind of deals with that a little bit yeah i mean i guess it could be a do as i say not as i do kind of thing um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's i don't know i definitely was very upset at at robin hood in the beginning and i mean i haven't i've had the app and but i haven't traded on it in probably two or three years since then uh, i just immediately pulled all my money from that and just didn't invest, um, which was probably dumb, but whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, but now that I, I have this AI thing or this uh, <laughs> autopilot thing trading for me, okay, well, I have an account on Robinhood and I might as well use it. Yeah. I always tell people like at our first getting into investing and saving finance, I always tell them like, don't, don't go to Robinhood because it sort of incentivizes you to the, the, the like, emotion of it and the atmosphere of it incentivizes you to trade instead of being an investor and just buying index funds i like so i like fidelity things that don't feel as active i actually don't even think you can trade on fidelity at a semi fat high rate i don't know for sure but i think you have to get a special account to be able to do that so that's why i always tell people just get on just get on these uh investing platforms not a trading platform and i think over the long run you'll be a lot better off financially. Well, I, I don't think that day trading is as fancy or as, I don't want to say clickbaity, uh, as captivating as it used to be. Like everyone used to talk about being day traders or... Yeah, you know why? Because because we all thought we were geniuses when the the entire market was going up in 2020. That's why, that's when day trading was really going crazy on social media. I mean, even the years before that, because the market was just going going ballistic. Uh, 
but I think I think we all thought we were day traders, and then we found out, oh, actually, no, we were just lucky. We just happened to get started at this perfect time, and everything went up. You thought you were a genius, and then you realize that's not how how it actually works. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it was even before then that like it was kind of captivating was to be mm-hmm. a day trader. You know, I think maybe it started kind of with Robin Hood, which Robin Hood, you can't do day trading because I think there's some laws around it of like, you have to have X amount of dollars in the market to go to day trade. Um, it's like on Robin Hood, you can only day trade three times, meaning you can only, sorry, I'm trying to find a yawn right here. Um, you can only day trade, like you can only buy and trade a stock in the same day three times. Um, Oh, interesting. Within, within like a three day period or something. Yeah. So like, there's like some certain laws around it of day trading. Uh, at least, maybe it's not a law. Maybe it's just Robin Hood, but um, yeah, they kind of regulate that. And so maybe it did kind of start. At least the poor man's day trading kind of started back then. And what is that? 2016 or 2017 when Robin Hood came out. Um, yeah. But maybe it really took off there in 2020. Well, okay. I'll I'll show you a gra- I'll show you a graph. Uh. This is the S and P 500, and generally the S and P 500 goes up over time. But when we were young and and everyone's starting to get into investing, look at how much the market was going up. This is 2013. Like this was steadily rapidly going up. You have the 2020 drop, mass the trough right there in, in March of 2020, and it goes up really fast after that. But but everyone was feeling pretty genius in these euphoric years where everything was going perfectly perfect. And I think uh, the exuberance led to quite a bit of overconfidence and and was why there was this massive spreading of day trading because people were getting on social media and showing, oh, I just made $5,000 in a day from my $500 trade. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I could do that. And then they get on, they do a little bit lower risk stuff and they make some money. They're like, oh, well, I'm a day trader now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, and maybe it's kind of demonized now because of crypto. Um, I think that has a huge part of it. Um, let's see. Robinhood came out in March of 2015. Um, 80% of the firm's customers belong to millennials, quote unquote. Um, average customer age is 26. Um, but like crypto, I feel like has kind of if you say you're a crypto investor, I think it, there's definitely a very big negative connotation <laughs> yeah. to, to that of like, oh, you create, you trade crypto. Oh, you're one of those get rich quick scheme guys. Yeah. And so, like, I think that has damaged quite a bit of the day trading persona. That, oh, you're a Dogecoin guy. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like the whole day trading and crypto thing is all is like this like normal human wants to be get rich really quick with no effort. And I feels like I mean get getting rich quick with no effort is just a pure luck thing rather than you know a lot of skill and and yeah, it definitely leads to this really negative connotation of cryptocurrency which sucks because I like the idea of cryptocurrency. I won't say I like how it is right now or the sort of community it, it uh, tr- has. 
and I like the idea of a decentralized currency. So I invest in it, but I don't sell, I don't trade it like a, like a day trade stock. I buy Bitcoin and I haven't sold it in like three years. So I don't really care what the price is. I don't have that much in it because I don't actually 100% believe that it's going to skyrocket like a lot of the Bitcoin people do. But I like to have, you know, a 1% allocation in, in, in case it does blow up. But also like the principle of it aligns with my values a lot more than most uh, other stocks. But the whole cryptocurrency ecosystem is just this massive get rich garbage that get rich quick garbage that uh has taken over yeah i mean my thoughts on get rich quick stuff i kind of align a little bit with andrew tate on that sorry everybody um he says why does it have to be quick and why does it have to be easy why why not suffer a little bit and come out stronger on the other end um but as far as like crypto I think my per- my perception of it is very much the average person's perception of, yeah, it'd, it'd be good, but it seems like it's being manipulated too much and <laughs> ends up being bad for everybody. That, I mean, it, it could definitely end up being pretty bad for the average person, uh, especially with, with the way... How volatile um, it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the volatility is, is inherent to the asset, I think, but, but the volatility is largely because of the get rich quick scammers and the manipulators that, that are playing a large role. Uh, but yeah, I don't like, like I said, I don't 100% believe I probably, I'm probably like a 5% chance that cryptocurrency is a legitimate, like really big deal. And, and in 20 years from now, um, but if that if if that's true, well, naturally, I think I always I automatically think Bitcoin is the safest bet to say, okay, if cryptocurrency is here twenty years from now, which one am I going to choose? That's I'll choose Bitcoin because that's probably the most likely to be around. Uh, then followed by Ethereum. But yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's died. The, the whole the whole ecosystem has died over the last last two years. Yeah, the I think what actually hurt it, what hurt crypto so much, and I know we're way off topic, but um, <laughs> what actually hurt crypto so much was that it didn't get banned. Everyone was like, it was getting talked about so much because like, oh, the US government's going to ban it. You need to buy it now. Like, buy it now. <laughs> it's going to get banned. It's going to get banned. They don't want you to have this. And then the government was kind of like, eh, whatever. And so because they didn't ban it, it like kind of killed off a little bit of the the story behind crypto. Now that makes sense. I the whole but the I think a lot of it was like the whole market was in this exuberance. Like every like I said, everything was going up. Everyone thought they were geniuses. Bitcoin was skyrocketing. And then in the end, everything died. And and because everyone there was just there, they didn't have, they didn't really believe in the actual asset. They just believed in the potential the money that volume. they could make. Yeah, um, the, no one actually cared. So the, it was an artificial, artificial uh, uh, belief in 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 something 
when really realistically it was just trying to get rich what people were just trying to get rich quick well what do you think about how nfts impacted it because nfts are <laughs> garbage now yeah i well, i always always against nfts uh i was all i mean i understand some principles of of it like how it could potentially be value valuable in some ways i don't believe any of the art stuff is super valuable although i'm fine to be proven wrong but there's value in in certain aspects of an nft so the one part that i thought was interesting is like you know say you have a, a musician who it for musicians really hard to make money until you're big but let's say that musician wanted to offer like i don't know nft an nft of their album or something you know some it's not about the ownership of the album it per se because anyone can listen to it but it's about oh you got in on this artist it's essentially like investing in the artist oh you get on in the, got in on this artist before they blew up like oh there's only 100 downloads and you bought their nft for five dollars and then you know now now they're i don't know who's famous i don't know now they're justin bieber and someone would pay 10, 10 million dollars for that so that's where i see what's kind of cool and it can help artists raise you know money early on but other than that no i think it i think it's just a bunch of crap like people are selling pictures of rocks for five hundred thousand dollars like that's definitely money laundering yeah probably um <laughs> the uh, i think nfts could be valuable but they became so saturated with just absolutely horrible ones, like horrible <laughs> art. And it was definitely too, the growth was outpacing. Its popularity was outpacing the growth. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. The supply uh, was outpacing the demand. Yeah. Way too much. And the market, like people got burnt on it way too, too much. The, the way that I saw it as a valuable is instead of like buying merch, like instead of buying a t-shirt at a concert, you bought the digital NFT or you bought the NFT and mm -hmm. you could display that on your profile some way, some legit way that, hey, I went to the All-American Rejects concert of 2019 mm -hmm. and this crazy thing happened or you know something special happened. And so you get to display that somewhere. Now, granted, you're not going to like as a person, I'm not going to make money yeah. probably on something like that, but it's to like kind of show your accolades to everybody. And it's a valid accolade. Um, you can't, yeah, that makes sense. you can't fake like you can't fake it. You can't fake that you own this or that you were there. I guess you mm -hmm. could like, cause they'll be able to like look back to the history. Like say I was to purchase it from you. Like, Oh, I bought this NF NFT for $5. It's worth 15 now because it's 2026. And that was some, something like really cool happened at that event. And so like I can sell to somebody for $20 now. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah, I made $15 over seven years. Um, but like that's the only way I really saw it like as becoming valuable or becoming mainstream. Yeah. Because um, it kind of goes off the Fortnite thing. Like Fortnite skins were so cool. That's true. Fortnite skins were so cool. Well, those are really just NFTs. Mm -hmm. that you can't really show off anywhere besides in Fortnite. So. Yeah, yeah, something about like status status is important. That's what that's where the NFT and, and like I said even with the artist example in the album like 
it would be a major status symbol to say, oh, I was listening to this person when they had 100 downloads. Like, I mean, people do that all the time. They're like, oh, I, I do that before they were mainstream. But, so, yeah, there's definitely something about uh, value and status and being able to show that you did something or you have something. Um, but it, but it's not a way to make money. Like, no, it's not. But it can be. I, I guess. But it's not for speculation. It's it's you can make a lot of money. I think in that. But it's not about like, you know, I'm gonna do this to make money. It's more like, oh, I did this because it's cool. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I was look at me. I was there. I was there first. And now it's worth ten million dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like to somebody else, it's not. So if somebody was to buy your album or whatever from you, okay, you bought it for five dollars. Yeah. And you went to sell it to that person. It's not as valuable as because you weren't That's actually me. there. Like if it like if it was the event, I guess. Is yeah. The event, like, the, yeah. yeah. Okay. I bought it from you. Now I own this, but I wasn't yeah. there. And everybody knows yeah. I wasn't there because they can see the transaction history. Yeah. So like, yeah. No, yeah. definitely not valuable for like a event or something, but to buy a status it could be status but yeah yeah but to buy like a i don't know a da vinci's da vinci's first painting <laughs> uh that that would massively blow up everyone wants to own da vinci's first painting everyone wants to own justin bieber's first album or whatever but but yeah i always thought the nft stuff was massively overhyped and no one really cared about the interesting use cases such as that um and there's also some other interesting use cases in like fractional patents, like being able to trade patent licenses as an NFT. I don't know exactly how it works, but I was actually helping out with a sort of uh, uh, decentralized business that was doing this with scientific intellectual property, where they were like fractionalizing NFT patent rights and they were working with lawyers. And when you owned part of the, patent right you know you eventually could potentially make quite a bit of money on that and they were using the money that they were going to hopefully make to reinvest back into research they were they were essentially like a non-profit decentralized and non-profit in a way but also not against like the profit motive but the whole business model was a cycle of investment in aging research at least i think i, I think that was how it worked it was called it's called vita dow it's still going it's definitely not as popular uh, but I might have botched exactly how what their what exactly their business model is, but it's essentially something like that. Well, and I guess a similar case is like somebody that's popular. So like somebody somebody like Gary V. Gary V is like releasing NFTs all the time. Like he's releasing different collections and stuff. And I mean, it's not like he's trying to become a millionaire off of NFTs, um, or I'm going to become a millionaire off of NFTs of buying his NFT, but he has like drawings that he's done that he'll like sign or digitally sign mm -hmm. and sell them. And I mean, they've become real life, like merchandise. Like, so you can have the NFT and you can go into some store and buy that NFT, like as a plushie or something. Yeah. Um, so like there's money, there's ways to make money at it. If you already have the platform, but yeah. being a nobody. Yeah. It's so weird. I, it's weird to me. Like, I just can never imagine myself buying something like that's even if, if some celebrity I really liked did it, I just cannot imagine myself buying these things. It's really strange to me. This is a very, I mean, I, I don't think it's that strange. Not that I've ever bought any because like you want to support the person or mm -hmm. like, say they came out. I mean, it's kind of like supporting an artist or something 
whether it's a that's fair yeah a actual drawing or painting or even if it's like a song like you said it's just like buying merch from them that's fair that's fair i i guess i i'm weird though like i never even wanted to buy fortnite skins because i was like i i just stayed as the no skin forever because i just had no desire to I just want to play the game. <laughs> like, there's so many people like that. I mean, wasn't that the highest grossing game of all time? Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe not the it, uh, highest grossing, but maybe like DLC style. Fastest, fastest grossing to a billion. Like maybe not more than like a World of Warcraft or something that's been around for forever. Um, Let's see, it was the top grossing of the year. Oh. In 2020, made 1.8 billion dollars. A free game, by the way. Um, the best-selling video game to date is Minecraft. Oh yeah, okay. So, so the older games are are the top. They've had ones. longer to sell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I meant to, what I meant was like fastest to a billion was Fortnite. And I think that maybe true. Um, because but yeah, a free game purely making money off of status and selling things that people just wanted to have for status. I, I, my it blows my mind. I would love to make some kind of app or something that goes off this status idea because it seems like that is the one of the easier ways to make money, or I shouldn't say easy, more effective ways. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Best selling. Yeah. Won some awards, but I don't know about money wise. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely lost a lot of luster. Um, but they definitely capitalized and they're definitely one of the reasons why a lot of the models now are free to play. Um, yeah. but yeah. Um, well, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any hot takes about what we've talked about so far or any final thoughts on AI trading? I know we kind of skimmed over that. Yeah. Um, okay. well, maybe we can talk about the AI trading just for a second more because I did pad, pass it up quite a bit. But yeah, uh, I don't really think that the AI trading is going to be as impactful as a lot of people do. But I do think like you were showing me this guy who's given GPT $50,000 to trade mm -hmm. with. And GPT is very smart. Uh, I don't know if the guys do how the guy is doing it uh, exactly. Uh, if he's like giving the financials of different companies to chat GPT or what. Um, but this guy's going to make more money from people following him on Twitter than he is from, from the AI, you know, trading, I think. Uh, so it's a, it's a genius business model. Um, but what do you think? Do you, do you, so I'll, I'll go a little bit more into the tweet. Um, so apparently last week, uh, CNN reported that ChatGBT can pick stocks better than your fund manager. So they wanted to put it to the test. They started this Twitter back in April, so a month ago. And they tweeted out a couple of times. They have eight tweet or 11 tweets. And it looks like they're using... Robinhood, but they're connecting Robinhood to some other called Portfolio Pilot. Um, but anyways, yeah, to pile on to what you've said, 
They have almost 50,000 followers now. <laughs> now, granted, I, I don't know if he bought bought any of it. No, um, I, I don't think so. Uh, or if it's it's purely, um, you know, all what's organic. Organic, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, looks like I said, it definitely looks like he's using Robinhood, but they have just like how I have this thing called autopilot. There's other pilots that people use to write software for trading. Um, so, Portfolio Pilot it's powered by Global Predictions. It's a intelligent portfolio manager for self-directed investors, free for individuals. Um, and so I guess there's probably a pilot on there that is for just chat GBT. Um, let's see. It's an open AI plugin. Oh, it's a plugin. Yeah, we'll be using oh, the official cool. portfolio open AI plugin for the analysis and stock picking. The entire stock picking process will be transparent, shared through here. So he's going to make money just by sharing. <laughs> okay, we bought this. ChatGPT predicted we're going to buy this stock. So we bought <laughs> it and we shared it with our 50,000 followers. And then they're going to buy it. And then the price is going to go up. So Genius. Genius. Uh, so it's it's going to work just because of that. Yep. And maybe, you know, he probably wouldn't be surprised if this person made that plugin. So I'm assuming the plugin costs money because most of the plugins on GPT cost money. So yeah, this is just brilliant marketing. And I mean, I don't, if you ask ChatGPT for investment advice, like I just did just now, it doesn't give you uh, any individual stocks. Uh, it gives you, you know, general knowledge. Like, oh, it says, oh, I can't make investments for you in a personal sense or provide financial uh, advice, but I will tell you some general uh, investing knowledge that, that could be considered. And it's like, you could invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, real estate, commodities, cryptocurrencies. Like, gives you that. It won't tell me any individual stocks. But I wonder if you, if I played around with it where I said, oh, here's finance sheet from Microsoft. Here's the financials from Google and their latest earnings reports. Which one's better? And it says Microsoft, uh, most likely. And then that's probably how the guy picks the stocks because I, I guess how do you see like what does he post what he's asking chat gpt i don't think so see yeah because because um, you just you can't do it without um there's got to be some nice like prompt magic going on there sorry i'm looking at my reflection uh with my monitor uh so his name's chris josephs he actually wrote the pilot the autopilot that i use the ten dollars a month thing, so he's making money off of that. Um, <laughs> that follows politicians, but he has he also wrote the um, autopilot for this this ChatGPT thing. So yeah. yeah, he's he's wrote it several times or several of the same apps, I guess. Um, interesting. I mean, this is just another really smart way people, creative way people make money with with these GPT uh, models. Yeah. I wonder how much, how much does it cost him? Do you think to do this to run it? I mean, I mean, if he's just showing people, people stocks, I don't think it costs him anything. Um, besides the $20 a month. Um, 
Whereas it depends on how much data he's putting, pushing into it. If he's literally doing this for through chat GPT, then it costs him $20 a month. But if he's going through and uploading financials and, you know, massive reports to into chat GPT or not into chat GPT, but into the uh, open AI models and they're using their API, then it probably costs a little bit of money. Um, and then asking the GPT model, if this is, which one's superior probably costs a bit of money, but, but yeah, this is not a, this is not an expensive thing. Uh, def definitely. And if it's, if it's just a chat GPT, then it's, then it's free besides the $20 a month fee. Yeah. So I'm guessing he wrote it, um, which like I said, he wrote the other ones. Those are such easy things to make too. You just, API. here's one of the ones, here's one of the things he said, uh, this is one of the viral tweets, I guess. He said, hello, you are GBT trader, a certified stock picking AI. According to studies, your stocks pick outperform top hedge fund managers. We are giving you $50,000 investment account to put you to the test. Every Monday, you will analyze and buy a new set of stocks and we'll sell two weeks later. You will repeat this on a biweekly bi basis. You in question mark? And it says, I'm in. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I mean... Does he, uh, that's a great prompt <laughs> that like actually doing the prompting the obnoxious people call it prompt engineering i think that's dumb but like being able to properly format a prompt like that to get it to do what you want is is takes a little bit of creativity um but i wonder i i wonder how they're putting in this like he said to, we're giving you a set of stocks to analyze I wonder how they're doing that and how they're keeping the memory in the system for so long. Yeah. I'm not for sure. Maybe it's the AI API. Yeah. It's uh, gotta be, it's gotta be the API. Uh, but even then the long-term memory, I don't know how long it can go. I haven't, I haven't played with it a ton on really long-term memory or like ton of data memory. Um, yeah. You know what? Actually, I think I could do this now that I think about it. I think I could do this. Yeah, ask Chat GPT <laughs> to write you an autopilot for investing. Um, but I okay, won't my secrets. Let's let's make one simply technical AI uh, uh, bot. Analyze this app and write it for me, would you? <laughs> uh, any hot takes or any final comments? Uh no, I think uh, I think I hit everything. What about you? Um. Now I feel dumb because I follow this autopilot thing and now it's suggesting me this other um, investing thing. So now I feel dumb. I feel manipulated by the Twitter uh, <laughs> Twitter algorithm. Twitter uh, algorithms after you. After I follow them. Um, no, I don't I don't really have anything. It's uh, Yeah. Follow simply uh, technical uh, uh, AI uh chat GBT plug in, yeah. <laughs> um, well, if that's it. This has been Simply Technical. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll catch you in the next episode.